I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Welcome to the Animation for Adults podcast. My name is Evan Vernon, here with another addition to our interview special. Today we're joined by Justin Wagner and Chi Sato. Justin and Chi are art directors at Floyd County Productions, a critically acclaimed animation studio based in Atlanta, Georgia. Floyd County has several titles to its name, but is best known for creating the hit spy comedy, Archer. Now in its 12th season, Archer follows its titular hero and his fellow agents as they fight terrorists, drug cartels, the KGB, and countless other villains, all while navigating their own foibles and odd personalities. Archer's crew is an eccentric one, and viewers can't get enough of them. The show has quickly become an American staple and has been beloved by fans for over a decade. Today, Justin and Chi have kindly agreed to chat about the show and discuss their role in its production. Guys, thanks for coming here. Uh, before we talk about Archer, I'd like to lead with the question we ask all our guests. What got you into animation? How'd you enter the industry? Gee, you want to start on that one? I guess you want to so. this one? Um, I have been into cartoons since I was a little kid. I used to um, record my favorite TV shows with VHS, and then I would play it back later and pause it and then just sit at my table and just draw it. That was through elementary school and middle school. And then I had an art class in high school my freshman year that kind of made me feel like, oh, I could turn cartoons into a job. Mm. Then hell yeah, I'll do that. Wait, am I allowed to cuss? <laughs> <laughs> it's animation for adults, so go right <laughs> There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, so I... I, I studied art through high school and I had, I was lucky to have a teacher that was kind of focused on fine arts and mm. she kind of introduced me to all the different aspects, but I really started to hone in on my senior year when the Art Institute of Atlanta came to visit my high school and it kind of became a reality to me that I could go to college to get a degree in cartoons. So mm. that was pretty much how I got into animation to begin with. I think for me, it's, it's similar that I just taped TV and I was so obsessed with like popular culture as a kid, it kind of felt like a my own thing. Like I, don't, I think I went to a school of like a very sports heavy school and I was the weird art kid, um, <laughs> which I think that we all like, everyone draws at some point in school, like, but there are some kids that just stick to it and don't let it go much like a sport or something like that. I think throughout like my middle school years, I started, you know, taking in some different, um, you know, cartoons. I think I grew up with like Looney Tunes and stuff like that. And, yeah. You know, I think I grew up at a perfect age and so did she where, you know, 
all of a sudden there was an explosion of cartoons on TV that were produced at a high quality. And that just really inspired me as much as you can recognize that as a 12 or 13 year old. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I continue the same way. And when I finally got to choosing colleges, it was, I, I guess I'm gonna go to art school because if I don't follow this passion, I'll probably be mad at myself for the rest of my life if I didn't see how it worked out. And um, I think that we're both pretty lucky to be working in an industry that we, um, you know, tried out. Yeah. So. Thank you so much for sharing, uh, both of you. It's it's really phenomenal but that both of you have aspired to this since you were children. You talk about following your childhood dream and, you know, the sad reality is that not everyone lives up to that. So it sounds like you're both happy um, and in a good place. And uh, no doubt you've earned your place too, um, because the industry is very competitive, as I'm sure you can both attest to. Um, Extremely, especially in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yollywood, right? The uh, it, probably probably <laughs> probably not as um, widely discussed as, as LA, but Atlanta kind of has become a film hub lately, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. um, which kind of leads me into my next question. So you both are art directors at Floyd County Productions, which is the um, studio behind Archer and several other very high profile animated productions. Tell us a bit about how you got on with this company. What attracted you to them? And tell us a bit about your role too. What exactly does the art director position entail? I interned at Adult Swim when I was in college. And uh, this was way back. I'm not gonna discuss my age. I'm, I'm pushing 40. So this is a while ago. This was like, but at like sort of the start when it was Aqua Teens, uh, Frisky Dingo, I think C-Lab had just ended. Um, so I knew the 7030 dudes, which 7030, which is now Floyd County Productions, was at a little house in East Atlanta that I would deliver tapes to occasionally. And I just remembered those guys and had email accounts. And after I graduated, couldn't find work for many years. And uh, it was kind of a funny story. I just, out of nowhere, Neil Holman, who was the original art director on Archer, I wrote him a message and was like, uh, can I paint backgrounds for you guys? Like other openings? Uh, he looked at my work. I do a lot of comics work. And he's like, why wouldn't you do storyboards? And I was like, oh, that's a thing like here that I can do. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was literally like, come in, we need help. You start Wednesday. So suddenly I had like the beginnings of the art career that I wanted. Um, it was very stressful. I feel like I learned everything that I needed to know from working at Floyd County though, uh, about working in television animation. So they really propped me up. And uh, I went from a storyboard revisionist to a storyboard artist to seasons mm -hmm. later leading the team and then getting into the associate art director spot and then winding up as art director for last season of this season uh, that's coming out soon. So, I mean, I've been there for a decade or more now. So yeah. it was just a, a, a progression up. Um, I think that I care too much about the show. So that's kind of where I landed where I was, you know? Um, uh, I guess I'll throw it to Chi too. Um, I got my start very early on as well. I had just graduated college and of course sent my portfolio out everywhere. You know, back then everybody thought you had to get a job in Vancouver or LA. That's where you go to get like animation job, right? Mm -hmm. And the goal is to go work for a big studio. So at my portfolio show, I met 
the guys that owned Radical Access. So it was a studio that created um, and worked on um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force and the Squidbillies. So turns out that the Archer guys knew those guys and they had rented studio space within Radical Access to create or to produce season one of Archer. So I reached out, I applied, and then two weeks after I graduated, they sent me an art test and they said, do you want to try out for the show? And I was like, of course, terrified. And I did the art test at home. I actually <laughs> did my illustration art test with my computer mouse. So um, <laughs> I didn't even have a tablet to draw on back then. So I did the test and they were like, great, can you start Wednesday? <laughs> I was just like, like that. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> so I came in and I started working on episode four of season one of Archer. Mm -hmm. And since then I've been with the team. I started out as an illustrator and then eventually became senior illustrator and then eventually character designer for Archer. After that, I moved off of, after season four of Archer, I moved on to other productions that we had going on at the time. Chosen was the next pro uh, project that I had gone over to. And so I've been kind of, I've learned all aspects of the production pipeline throughout my years at Floyd, and then eventually worked my way up to the art direction role, so. Yeah, I think it, sorry, the thing that Chi said about the drawing with your mouse, similarly, I did, <laughs> I think you've told me that Chi, but my storyboard test, I told them I had like a, a fine setup. Really, I had my computer hooked up to a television set and had a tablet in my lap and that's how I was drawing storyboards so I guess I know this isn't for like tips and tricks but you can fake it until you make it <laughs> a little bit if you don't have but you have the drive like yeah bust out the Wacom tablet and see if you can draw some boards on that I guess yeah. what if you can produce something that somebody says yeah okay let's hire this person then I think that you did it like you achieved something there the talent is there the tools are a plus <laughs> Yeah, That's can I have the to tools, it. please? Can I come yeah, to your office? Yeah, give me the good tools, because then you'll get really good tools and talent. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it goes without question, based on what you both said, that it's been kind of a long road for you, working your way up to this senior level position. Um, and, and I think you may have touched on this a moment ago. You know, we've interviewed a lot of showrunners, a lot of directors, producers. Their roles are kind of, I think, intuitive to most of our listeners who aren't industry. Um, not everybody knows what an art director does. So in layman's terms, you know, it sounds like this was something that both of you had to work up to. If you could just briefly kind of summarize what you've done for the show. I think what we do, and Chi has probably heard this come out of my mouth many times, is plate spinning. We basically have every department working at a certain point. Like we slowly start through the season where you're working on storyboards and then all of a sudden, the next team is working on the artwork that needs to be generated, the backgrounds, the characters, whatever needs to get made. And then suddenly in the middle of the season, you're dealing with storyboard artists that were working on an episode, four episodes ahead of one that's being animated now. So now you're working with an animation team, an illustration team, a 3D team, animators, like everyone. So what you're really trying to do there's a four week turnaround pretty much on each of these episodes is making sure that the stuff that you're, you're planning is getting made and made appropriately. Um, 
shot by shot like honestly after the boards come through me and she are figuring out like uh, is this a 3d animated helicopter for this shot that lands on top of this truck um do we need any characters do we see anyone in the windshields do we have an archer that works for this what's archer wearing in the scene and getting all of those elements built by all these separate department heads who then have their own staff under them. So it's a lot of us just checking in with them, making sure that stuff is moving around, along smoothly. And then also at the same time, you know, me and Chi having this long background specifically with Archer, it's a lot of me and Chi being like, uh, you know, this arm's too long. What's going on in this shot? This is weird. The proportions are wrong. That's why I scale this person up push this back, doing a lot of noting and, um, you know, a lot of coaching. You're kind of the coach, yeah. the head coach of the thing. Um, I don't know if you have more to it, Chi. Um, yeah, it, essentially what you hear, art director, we literally are directing the art. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, we have a vision and we need to get, how many people are on our team? Like a hundred plus people yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to have the same, to execute that same vision. And sometimes, you know, we may have an idea and then somebody presents something new to us, like maybe a comp artist said, I wanted to try this. And then you see it and you're like, wow, that's pretty, let's do that. You know, so it, it is a lot of juggling different, every little piece that goes into the show we have eyes on, but also trusting our team to be able to execute because they are the ones that are the experts in their field, right? So we are just kind of putting all of the pieces together. Yeah, I think that's an important point too that she makes is that, you know, I think starting out in this job in an art director job, you could end up being someone that's like, I have to control every part of this and make sure that it's working. But you look at our staff and you look at the leads that we have and the people that just amazing artists that we work with there is nothing wrong with an art director going, who's the expert on this and who do I need to talk to to make this look perfect? Or, you know, if I don't have the answer, there's somebody sitting somewhere that is, you know, has been doing it forever that I can get into the minutia with to, yeah. to get it where it needs to be. You've both said a lot of really interesting things right there. There's that old adage that the best leaders are also very good followers. And, you know, that idea that you kind of have to defer to the experts when and where necessary, while also being strong leaders um, and having the keen eye for detail and the managerial skills and really just the interpersonal skills required to manage 100 people. That says a lot about the demands of the role itself, but also how much talent and work go goes into the position. That says a lot about both of you as individuals, too. While we're on the topic of visuals, um, I'd like to go ahead and talk about the show, of course. Um, so Archer's been around for over 10 years right now, and it has this really distinct, um, almost comic book-like visual style. As the art directors, I was wondering, um, could you tell us what inspired this look? Where, where did it come from? There, there's nothing else like this out there with animation. Gee, you were there in season one. <laughs> Well, I came in at season three <laughs> to let you know. So Chi might know. So I know some things, but yeah, Chi. I, I know that um, way back then, when the guys were working on Frisky Dingo, was when they started to kind of move into this kind of Archer style that we know that it's like Frisky Dingo, think of it as like pre-Archer. And a lot of the artwork 
that was done that way is because if you had a limited number of staff back then, I think we only had like eight people, 12 people, something like that. And only two people are drawing illustrations. What is the most efficient way to do it? Well, let's get photographs. Let's get photo reference and work off of that. And then you establish a look like, I, I don't know at what point where they decided the, the thickness of the outlines with the colors and how the shadows are treated, mm -hmm. they, how they came to that uh, decision. But ultimately it was a look that they were going for where you had a moving comic book essentially. And yeah. working with that limited animation, the limited animation was done because um, how small the staff was and how, how many minutes you had to animate versus having a larger staff and what else can you do with it? So I think a lot of it stemmed from the efficiency of the way that we worked. And then as we included more artists over the years and everybody touched on it a little bit, that's when the style started to evolve, but essentially it still looks very much the same, just yeah. I think plus. Yeah. It initially, yeah, like she said, I feel like initial Archer was almost like comic panels that mm -hmm. you would want a really nice pose mm -hmm. and for the background to work with that and then have some, our animators doing the limited puppeted animation that they would do to make, give it some, some fluidity. Um, I will say nowadays, I feel like Archer is 100% not a limited animation show. It is a fully animated cartoon. Um, but one of the things that I think has always kept it set from everyone else is actually how it's shot. You know, think about even the original first season of Archer, most adult primetime animated shows to me are like those proscenium shots of like all characters kind of just standing in a line and then they just kind of pop into people for jokes. But Archer, it's a spy show. So you got to do like, you should be looking at movies and how how those shots are set up you know archer has a language of itself and like you know doing over the shoulder shot to see another person's reaction as they're speaking to one another and then pulling out wide if pam has a big awkward joke that she needs to make at the end of something and get everyone's awkward stares on her so i think that the writing itself kind of envelops into what we do now and now i feel like archer's like a train like we see a lot of uh scripts where I'm like, I know exactly what's needed in the scene. We've done this type of scene a million times. You you cut wide on this joke that Pam says, and then you do all these other things. So I think even the visual language has stayed somewhat similar since the, the first seasons. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. A moment ago, Achi, you were talking about the limited animation um, being just kind of a budgetary constraint, it sounds like. But that's really where I think part of the show's charm comes from you know so that's definitely been a blessing in disguise and then justin you also just gave us some really great information about all of the detail and cinematography for lack of a better term that goes into animation you know from the outside looking in i'm not an animator so i'm sure i speak for other people in my shoes you never really think about all the minutiae that goes into to, to making an engaging scene um, like yeah. the ones that we see in Archer. So that, that's really phenomenal. Thank you both so much for sharing. Um, I'm conscious of time um, because I know we're, we're running short here. I've got one last question for both of you. So um, season 12 is just around the corner. It's gonna drop in just a few short weeks. Why do you think the show is so popular? What, why does it resonate with people? You know, nothing else can justify it lasting 10 years. There's something here that 
has just made it timeless. We are grateful for it lasting 10 years. <laughs> Hopefully more, more to go. Yeah, a lot of wood. <laughs> for, um, for me, at least, I think the characters are really the lifeblood of the show. Archer himself, you know, he, if you look at his character evolution over the years, he started out as a very certain type of character. He's yeah. he's the jerk that you love to hate, right? Yes. And as his character has grown over the years and you've gotten to know him and this family that we know that is Mallory, Pam, Cheryl, uh, Lana, etc., all of them, they have such distinct personalities where you're like, I, I don't know if you can relate <laughs> to any of them in particular, <laughs> but you love watching them together. And I think that is a mark of good writing uh, throughout the years that we've had where it feels really grounded. So when it comes on next week, you want to see what else this group of characters gets into. That's me personally. I mean, the art speaks for itself, but I always say, you can have beautiful artwork, but you need good writing to really sell it. I agree. That's our job. Like VH's job is just to visualize these scripts as best as possible. Um, and I think, I think the thing, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's the characters. I think Adam Reed set up some characters and personalities that you want to see what, not what hijinks they're going to get into this week, but drop them in a situation you know kind of how Cheryl's going to act in that. And then they might flip it on you, might do a twist. And uh, now we're at a place where I feel like you can turn it on. And if you've been watching all these years, these are this is your gang. Like there's been so many in jokes and stuff. It feels like you're part of the jokes that are happening on the show, whether it be phrasing or any one of the ones that has been going on for so long. Um, it really does, it feels... You know, it's an office spy comedy, but it does feel like an office to me still. Like mm -hmm. um, their office is just a little broader than ours. Yeah, <laughs> and they have their vices are a lot stronger than yeah. ours. Uh, and I don't know about y'all, but like I'd rather watch some flawed people like make comedy amongst in their office and deal with their vices than just some boring characters that are always just trying to do right. I think. Uh, Archer's kind of like 95% of a dick and like 5% of that is also heart. Like there are some heartfelt moments in the show too that make you realize, oh, he does care. Just most of the time he like willfully will not care. Yeah, there's depth. <laughs> yeah, there's sure. a lot of depth there when you yeah. really peel back all the way. Essentially Archer is Shrek, so. <laughs> she said that. I did. I just make a good Shrek joke, you know. <laughs> you can edit that out <laughs> no that's fine I mean you, you you both have said so much and said it very eloquently I've, I've got nothing else to add but um I think that what you said just a moment ago Justin really sums up the show's appeal we might not all be secret agents but these characters are intensely human and relatable in their own way mm -hmm. and that's probably the reason why people keep coming back to it there's, totally. there's human as you and me in many ways. So thank you yeah. so much to both of you for sharing. Really look forward to season 12. For all those tuning in, if you'd like to catch season 12, um, if you don't know already, it's going to debut on FXX on um, August 25th at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time. In the meantime, if you'd like to catch up on seasons one through 11, uh, you can catch it on FX on Hulu. Justin Chi, once again, really appreciate your time today. 
Uh, all the best to you in the future, and we uh, look forward to seeing season 12 and what else comes from Floyd County. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you <laughs> so much, Excited for you to see it. <laughs> we nice. get excited to do these and uh, get to speak, especially the way that we've been working. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> worked work really hard on this season, so I hope that everyone really <laughs> enjoys it and the fans love it. So thank you for having us. It's been our pleasure. Look forward to it. Temps will be cooling down, and before you know it, you'll be turning on your furnace. Before you do, turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Get an $88 heating system start and check from Griffith to make sure your family stays comfortable all winter long. Griffith specializes in Carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. University of Maryland Global Campus was established to bring a respected state university education to working adults at home and abroad. 70 years ago, we sent professors overseas to educate service members and their families on military installations and on the front lines. Today, we're online because that's where working adults need us, that's where you need us. We'll support your commitment to being a successful student with services that fit your lifestyle, and we offer more than 90 programs and specializations for where you are and where you want to be. University of Maryland University College is now University of Maryland Global Campus. We go the distance because times have changed, but what we're made for hasn't. UMGC offers online support for veterans, including resources at the Veterans Resource Center, no-cost digital materials replacing most textbooks, virtual advising, transfer credits, and lifetime career services. Speak to our dedicated military and veterans advisors who can help you find the right degree for your career path. Visit umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.